Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Locals to Legends Wrestling Radio, brought to you by Rockstar Records, 810 East Main Street, Tupelo, Mississippi, 662-269-3745. Welcome to Locals to Legends Podcast, with your host, the voice of $10 Wrestling, noted author that has never been published, and the heaviest CWA light heavyweight champion in history, the king of all wrestling media, Gene Jackson. And his co-host, the star of Taylor TV, the man who has wrestled Jerry Lawler 1,239 times and never won, Neil, the Real Deal Taylor. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Locals to Legends Wrestling Radio. I'm your host, Gene Jackson, and as we are winding down uh, the final moments of WWE Elimination Chamber, I'm getting ready for my co-host, Neil, the real deal, Taylor, to be calling in any moment, and then we will be joined by this week's guest, none other than Mr. Conrad Thompson himself. So we're waiting here. Neil should be calling here in just a moment. Right now, uh, I've got Elimination Chamber on in the background, and John Cena has been eliminated, and right now, Bray Wyatt and AJ Styles are going at it to see who's going to be WWE World Champion. Now, if you believe all the rumors and speculation uh this should be bray wyatt walking out of here with the belt but who knows i don't know they may throw us a curve and then get it on him another way but i do believe right now i'm being joined by my co-host none other than neil the real deal taylor neil are you there i'm here this is uh kind of an odd situation the the pay-per-views are usually over about uh 10 15 minutes before the before the 10 o'clock hour and this is still going so it's uh, <laughs> kind of yeah. I knew bit, when uh, <laughs> when they were still doing entrances at twenty after, uh, <laughs> I knew this thing wasn't wrapping up at ten o'clock. And uh, leave it to WWE on the night that we have a big guest uh, booked for Locals to Legends Wrestling Radio. They they had the pay per view run over. I mean, Royal Rumble ended like twenty thirty minutes early. I believe it was. <laughs> yeah, we were just talking about that. Um, uh, I guess that's maybe that's their rib on us. <laughs> could be, it could be. They're they're screwing with Conrad because he's uh, he's making making all these uh, downloads and everything with with their former guys apparently. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, considering Cena's eliminated, I'm I'm, I'm guessing any minute now we're going to see the predicted uh, Bray Wyatt win. Although I mean, they could. Throw everybody a curve and AJ Styles win the belt and Bray pick it up sometime between now and WrestleMania. But looks like right about now he just ate the sister Abigail. And three, there's your new WWE champion. Bray Wyatt. We ain't even seen the finish here yet. So. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. Yeah, it must be a delay here. Yeah. Leslie, you'll make a bet on who wins. No. <laughs> <laughs> we could. <laughs> he said, Leslie's Leslie's here watching the pay per view. He's actually cussing because they they broke Flair's streak to have Cena win the title for what ten days. <laughs> He's over here cussing a blue streak. <laughs> well, I'm sure he is. I don't know why we're on a delay. I'm, I'm not going to. 
Jeez. All right. Hopefully they wrap this up so I can go ahead and call our guest here in a moment and get this, this get this going. He's going to be embarrassed that there will be five minutes of just babbling before he comes on. <laughs> yeah, but that's what we do. So. <laughs> so what do you think about the rest of it, real quick, while we're? Well, you know, I thought the uh, I thought the the rest of it's actually been pretty good. Uh, the uh, the match, yep. Okay, I would just see Bray, seen Bray Wyatt. Yeah. The uh, the match with Naomi was kind of sloppy, but other than that, I thought that, I've actually thought this was a pretty decent pay per view. This is the first uh, Elimination Chamber I've ever actually watched all the way through. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, and I can. They were talking about the, the the brand new revamped Elimination Chamber, and I can see the. You can see some of the changes they made the uh, the outside platforms of the ring. You know they've. Those things were that metal grate. Now it appears they've padded those up a little bit. So, but, thank I mean, God. I mean, they were killing people. Could, on that. Man, I I know you couldn't. Man, some of those bumps those guys were taking on those grates just looked just gruesome. Yeah, no doubt. But uh, yeah, I thought it was a great. pretty good show. I mean, three yeah. women's matches I mean, seems to be a bit much, but you know. Yeah, that was that was different too. We were talking about that. I, this is actually uh, I'm proud that maybe Bray Wyatt probably fixing to you know get his due. It seems like every time something happens, he gets injured or something. It's but but uh, but uh, yeah, maybe uh, maybe they're finally fixing to run with Bray Wyatt a little bit. Hopefully so. Hopefully so. All right. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, dial up our guest here now that we're. Officially off right. the air from Elimination Chamber, it seems. So, uh, well, at least in uh, at least in that side of Alabama, anyway. Yeah. Um, We're still watching replays. Uh, well, hopefully y'all can kill the sound here in a minute. Or at least Leslie. <laughs> Hi, man. Hey. How's it going? Hey. Good. How are you? Ah, doing well. Doing well. We're live here on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, I'm Gene Jackson and Neil Taylor, and we are joined now by the king of the podcast himself, Mr. Conrad Thompson. Uh, Conrad, how you doing this evening, sir? I'm good, man. How about you guys? Ah, pretty well. Uh, were you watching the Elimination Chamber, I assume? Yes, sir. Watching Talking Smack now, wouldn't miss it. <laughs> All right. So, so what'd you think? Uh, I mean, that was the, the the predicted finish, of course, with uh, with Bray coming out the champion. But overall, uh, what'd you think about the show? Uh, you know, I don't I don't have a problem with you know it being a predictable finish if it's going to lead to the big show and the big story that you know they've been working towards and. In the end, Elimination Chamber is a little bit of a throwaway pay-per-view, so it's just building to WrestleMania and setting up uh, those storylines. So I thought for that purpose, it served its purpose tonight, and I was really pleased to see a new Elimination Chamber. I thought they had done away with this, and I'm glad to see when it came back that it was 
much better for the fans and more importantly for the guys. Hey man, that padding is going to add some time to some people's career for sure. It's a seemingly a throwaway bump, you know. I mean, I can't remember, you know, a handful of those bumps really standing out, but how many have happened over the last 15 years? It's just, you know, they don't wrestle professional wrestling matches on concrete floors for a reason. So it was unnecessary, and I'm glad they smartened up, and I like the the new design with the LEDs, and it just seems like it's a much more – uh, forgiving structure and it presents better on television with the lights and such. I, I think it's a great improvement. Absolutely. So, me and Neil are super excited to have you on here tonight. Uh, I've got some questions and and he's got some questions and we've had some people uh, email us some stuff. So uh, we're going to try to hit you with as much of as we can. But if you know if you get into a time crunch or we need to wrap it up, just just let me know and we'll we'll take it home as they say. But. Uh, what is what are some of your earliest wrestling memories? Like where does it really kick in for you or you, you know, can think back and really remember uh where your wrestling fandom started? Uh the summer of nineteen eighty eight, I was at my grandfather's uh condo in Albertville, Alabama, and my parents had rented me the two tape VHS copy of WrestleMania four and uh I wore those two tapes out and I had the bug. And I learned who Hulk Hogan was, and I learned who Macho Man was, and that was it for me. And uh, my favorite, one of my favorite years in, in all of wrestling was 1989 because that was my first start to finish year, and so much great stuff happened. I was just all about it. But the summer of '88, and the first uh, match was uh, the WrestleMania Four tournament that Macho Man won. Absolutely, that's. Uh... That's a heck of a time to to jump in there and shout out to Albertville. That's where I spent the last ten years of my life for the most part living over in Albertville. I'm in Coleman now, but uh, spent a lot of time over there in Albertville. And uh, one thing I wanted to throw in here real quick, you know, a lot of people listen to this podcast uh, know Conrad Thompson from, of course, uh, Woo Nation and the Ric Flair Show, uh, and then of course. Uh, something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard and then what happened when Monday with Tony Schiavone. Uh, but myself living in North Alabama for the better part of the last 16 <laughs> years, <laughs> there are, if I was stranded in the desert with no, with, with no telephone with any numbers in it and I, I found a payphone, there were only three numbers that I could call by memory. Uh, one of those would be uh, my lot where I, I manage a car lot. Uh, the other one, would be uh, the the attorney Goldberg over in Birmingham, 800-600-6014. Uh, and the third number that I would be able to call by memory would be First Family Mortgage, 425 because uh, I've been listening to Conrad on Rocket 95 and, and all the stations around North Alabama for several years. And that's uh, what really caught my ear a few years back is uh, you, ever so often, uh, not every time, but every so often you'd crowbar some wrestling into uh, talking about your business, and that caught my attention. So uh, whenever Conrad Thompson was on, I made it a point to turn up the radio. Let's see if he let's see if he squeezes any wrestling in this week. <laughs> well, I appreciate you saying that, man. I've had a lot of fun uh, doing my radio bits uh, on morning drive and afternoon drive and helping people save money, and whenever it's topical, 
I enjoy talking a little boxing, a little UFC, or I'm always up for some wrestling talk. So I appreciate you giving me a shout out there. Absolutely. Well, uh, you know, one of the things that fascinates me, uh, you know, being a guy like myself, you know, I've, I've, me and Neil have both, you know, had limited uh, experience in the wrestling business on a, on a smaller scale, but I've been a fan all my life. And, uh, you know, for, for a guy like you that grew up a fan and then now for, you know, you to realize that you're now close friends with some of your heroes, you know, like Ric Flair is a, is a part of your life on a somewhat daily basis. Um, is I mean, that's got to be interesting at this point. And, and I, I guess my question in all that is, has getting that sort of insight into the business and, and extra knowledge of people involved in the business, has it any way diminished your fandom or has it tarnished any of your favorite wrestling memories? Uh, yes and no. I mean, you know, on, on the one hand, it's uh, it's very surreal and it's very exciting when it first happens and uh, it takes a while for the new to wear off. But then eventually, you know, he just becomes my buddy and uh, all that kind of fades away. And that that did change some of my fandom because I used to collect Ric Flair stuff, you know, whether it was um, a rare photo or, you know, a copy of an old belt or a replica robe or whatever it may be. And now I don't do that. And so, so some of that stuff has changed as far as, uh, you know, the hobby side of collecting and stuff. But, uh, I, I can't say I've been disappointed to meet anyone or to have the real interpersonal experiences, uh, but it, it's also been enlightening to kind of see, you know, why things really happen because we as fans sometimes sit on the sidelines and assume that there's, you know, more at play to the way some of these decisions are made. And then once you get close enough to where you actually see it kind of happening live behind the scenes, you realize more often than not, it's not nearly as interesting or as exciting as we may have imagined. You know, if right. if a finish was changed, it was because a guy was sick. It wasn't because someone was getting buried. And if, if uh, you know, uh, someone wasn't even on the show that week, it was because their daughter was sick. It wasn't because, you know, they had failed the drug test or pissed someone off or whatever the case may be. And so sometimes right. it's not nearly as salacious or as exciting as you may imagine. And to see that... Uh, live and up close is a little disappointing because I had had this narrative that there was this giant sinister side of the business and that's certainly the way it's been presented in the dirt sheets for years and years to me and then you get close enough and you realize eh, it's not always the case right now as a a quick follow-up to that I guess um, myself I'm not a big sports fan like wrestling is like my I guess my only real hobby or, or sport that I follow, for lack of a better word, but having followed all my life, like, I tie in, like, all my memories tie into wrestling somehow. Like, if I have to figure out how old I was at a certain point, I remember, okay, well, that's the yeah. summer Flair wrestled Luger in the Great American Bash, and that was 88, which means I'd have been 11, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. Uh, so does, like, Rick in particular, like, does he really understand and realize um, what he means to wrestling fans and what those matches and those angles, you know, with Dusty and Steamboat and Sting and, and all the things he's done over his career, does he really realize how that resonates with fans and what it means to people? Or is, you know, is it all just kind of was another day at the office and it was just a job for him? 
he understands that it means a lot to us, but it didn't mean the same to him. It was just another day. You know, he'll remember what girl he was dating, what bar he went to after, <laughs> what the payoff was, what the travel difficulty was, uh, you know, getting there. But as far as, you know, the angle that led up to it and the storyline, if it was something major, you know, like the time they broke Dustin's leg in the cage, he remembers that. But if you were to ask him any sort of specifics about, you know, the time on Nitro he got his head shaved, he'd probably struggle with that. It's just not nearly as big of a deal to him. It was all about the money and the miles, as they say. And uh, that's disappointing sometimes because we, you know, have little memories that stick out to us as fans individually of a specific match or a specific promo. And, you know, he hasn't watched it since he did it, you know, probably four years ago. He watched the Steamboat right. Trilogy from 89 for the very first time in my basement. He hadn't watched it since. And that, to me, wow. was crazy that, you know, three of the greatest wrestling matches of all time. And he, he looked straight at me when I was just incredulous that he never watched it. And he said, why would I watch it? I lived it. And I was like, well, okay. I can't argue that. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty amazing listening to him, um, listening to you guys watch the Rumble 92 together, which to me – will always and forever be, hands down, the greatest Royal Rumble of all time. They're never going to top it, so they shouldn't try. But, yeah, that, that's one of my favorite podcasts you guys did together, was just listening to him. And, and you could kind of hear that in his voice. And I'm like, oh, well, I didn't remember he was in there. Or, oh, I didn't remember that, you know. And it triggered a lot of things for him, and, and that was very interesting. Uh, Neil, you want to jump in here and uh, throw a couple of questions to Conrad? Well, um, obviously um... – you know, with you being a, such a huge wrestling fan, you know, growing up and, and what have you, and, and you know, and, and going through and, you know, becoming friends with some of your heroes and that type thing, uh, I, I guess kind of digressing on, what what made you get into the podcasting world? How did that come about? Well, as Gene mentioned, you know, I've been advertising my mortgage company here in Huntsville since uh, 2009 on a, on a a damn near daily basis uh, since 2009, and not just on a couple of stations, but on several, and that's expanded to Nashville and Chattanooga and Knoxville and so, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I just kind of got comfortable with uh, talking on the air, and so once I befriended Rick, we would travel together occasionally. Well, I'd still have to do those commercials, and uh, in the process of doing those, he saw that I was comfortable and familiar so when he had an opportunity from cbs to do a podcast he was kind of not exactly sure how to do that you know it was a foreign concept to him he'd never listened to a podcast he didn't know how to listen to a podcast but what he thought you were supposed to do was just talking to a microphone by yourself for an hour and he wasn't <laughs> sure he could do that so he asked if i would just uh, pop over to Atlanta and then ride to the studio with him on Peachtree Street downtown at the CBS Radio Studios and just sit in with him for one show where we had kind of a concept where it was just a fan asking him questions. And so we did what I guess would amount to a pilot where it was just me asking questions and CBS dug it and he dug it and he asked me to keep coming. So I showed up the next week, and the week after that, and the week after that. Before you know it, we had a pretty regular thing going, and uh, I had a blast because through that process, I got to uh, meet, talk to, get the phone number, text, interact, and so forth with 
a whole lot more wrestling superstars than I ever imagined I would. Yeah, absolutely. Y'all had some killer guests. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. Now, are we talking about, was this the Woo Nation um, podcast that you're talking about? That's right. Yeah, Woo Nation, which started in, I guess we taped our first one in April of 2015, and we did that through uh, WrestleMania 2016, and then he took a few months off, and I convinced him to come back as an independent and did the Ric Flair show, which we debuted on the MLW Radio Network. Right, you see, uh, yeah, I'm I'm fairly new to, to to podcasting and listening to podcasts, and um, pretty much what got me hooked was, uh, of course, the the Steve Austin Uncensored podcast, uh, which was you know one of the one of the big podcasts, and then uh, the Woo Nation podcast um, through the probably the last few episodes of it. Um, I really really enjoyed it. Never missed one actually, um, and then. Uh, course some of the others caught on uh, getting into the, the something to wrestle podcast which I've uh, honestly never missed an episode of I've, I've, I've listened to every single episode and and uh, got to say that uh, uh, huge fan of those because you know I think a lot of people's um, the way that maybe they can relate to that podcast is the same way that I do in the fact that a lot of that is kind of reliving your childhood uh, because yeah. ironically enough, yeah, when you were talking earlier about uh, WrestleMania 4 being when you became a fan, it was also when I became a fan. Um, so, you know, hearing a lot of those backstories and, and, and that type thing and uh, to hear that um, um, you guys are going to do a bonus episode on Zeus this week, I'm Stoked over hearing about hearing the entire story about Zeus. So, and some people may think it's some people may think you know Zeus was you know was bull or, or whatever. But I'm I'm it was it was super believable to me as a kid, and I'm I'm excited to hear about it. I, I gotta say, man, I, I got so I've been so annoyed this weekend with some of the comments on Twitter about, you know, China being a poll topic and, and, and then the Zeus thing. With China, people are like, oh, I wasn't a fan of China. I didn't like that she wrestled guys. I don't want to hear that garbage. I, I think people misunderstand the format of our show. It, it's not about – and then other people say, oh, Zeus wasn't a good wrestler. I, I don't want to hear about Zeus. I didn't like Zeus. Okay, you're an idiot. The, don't vote for the con, don't vote for the topic. Vote for the content. Vote for the stories that will come out of this. You know, let's talk about the why did China really leave the WWF? I know the story. A lot of people don't know the story. It's a damn fascinating story, and it's not going to win the poll because people think that we want to talk about her adult films or we want to talk about you know, her overdose. None of that happened with the WWF. Let's talk about the dirt. Let's talk about why she's not there. And let's talk about why she left and how that came about and who knew and when and the whole timeline of how the office handled it. See, nobody's ever spoken about that from the office side. But people see China and just say, oh, I don't care about China. Okay, you're an idiot. And and then the whole Zeus thing. Let's run through that. This guy... Was the, was the catalyst for the WWE creating their very first movie. They wanted to make Hulk Hogan a bona fide movie star. 
And Vince has always puffed his chest out and said, we make movies. Well, Tiny Lister was the key to making that happen. And as crazy as it sounds, every wrestler in all of professional wrestling, all they wanted to do in the late 80s was headline opposing Hulk Hogan. If you were working with Hulk Hogan, you were in the money position. And they didn't just pick one of the boys for this. They went outside and picked an actor and then turned an actor into a headliner what a fascinating story about how that came about, what the reaction would have been, all the intricacies of putting it together. It came out in the steroid depositions that at the filming of No Holds Barred is the first time Hogan and McMahon did steroids together. And people are like, oh, I hated Zeus. Okay, you're an idiot. It's not about Zeus. It's about what type of stories will come out of this conversation. It's just amazing to me that people view the poll as a popularity contest for you to say what you thought was cool or not. That's, that, that doesn't matter. What's going to give you the better story? What's going to give you the more entertaining podcast? I mean, how many people really were interested in watching an XFL game that happened to be on our poll? N- nobody. But the XFL show, I'm getting more positive reviews on than any show we've done this year. So it's just crazy to me that people aren't capable of thinking past, you know, that first initial knee-jerk reaction to a name on a sheet of paper. Don't see it as a vote for, I love China, so I'm going to vote for her. No, I want to hear the dirt. Let me get some China stories. Well, let's be honest, the worst angles and biggest disasters have the best stories behind them, (laughs) I think. Absolutely. I mean, the the only reason our podcast is as successful as it is with Bruce is because Bruce offers a perspective that literally no one can challenge him on. Because Bruce can go on there and say the most ludicrous things ever, and who's going to dispute it? Because the only people who could would be Pat Patterson or Vince McMahon, and they're not going to. So you you get a peek into a certain amount of insight that you don't get anywhere else, from anyone else, and when people have the opportunity to tap into that for things like the the romance for China and Triple H and Stephanie, they don't think about that. They instead think about, I don't want to hear about the good housekeeping match with Jeff Jarrett. Okay, <laughs> smarty. There's more to it than that. Calm down. Yeah. But I want to hear you call out Bruce on who in the hell thought that was a good idea? Who booked this shit? And hear the explanation of who and why they thought the good housekeeping match was a good idea for pay-per-view. Yeah, and, and you know, when we talk about that, what else will we talk about? Jeff Jarrett holds yeah. Vince McMahon. I mean, there's so many little things that she's associated with that people just completely dismiss. You know, her contract negotiation and, you know, the, the idea that she became apparently – um, a little bit of a diva and prima donna to deal with and had all these crazy demands and her relationship with Hunter and, uh, you know, the Playboy deal, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's so many interesting things that were more than just, you know, the Latino heat angle. Calm down, guys. There's more to life than that. <laughs> well, one of the things I think that really makes th- that show work and why it struck such a chord with people is, most podcasts, it's either two wrestlers from kind of the same level where they're kind of of the same mindset, or it's a know-it-all, kind of a Dave Meltzer type, or a, a Rob Feinstein where it's just everything's, what are your memories of this? What are your memories of that? What are your memories of this? With no follow-up, 
no insight, no uh, just, just get through, just burn through the list of questions. Uh, where you are coming at this from a fan's perspective, there's a lot of times where a question's been asked, Bruce has answered kind of vaguely the first time, and I have blurted out driving my car, but what about this? And immediately as I'm saying that, you're saying that to him. You're like, no, 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 hold up now. Don't dance around this. What the hell are you talking about? And I think people appreciate uh, that interaction between you two and the fact that you are you are following up with the questions to make sure that we're hearing what we want to hear. Like you said, out of an unprecedented chance to get inside Vince McMahon's inner circle, uh, no one else can, can say that they had that kind of access. On a weekly basis, you know, nonetheless, you know, there's been a couple of, like I say, vague shoot interviews where somebody sat and, and half-assed questioning, and it really wasn't that uh, insightful or entertaining. But you guys, you know, really dig into it, and if he's not really willing to dig into it, then you go ahead and nudge him on across. And I, I don't know, it's, it ain't just us, man. Like you say, two million downloads. That's amazing. Yeah, man, that's caught us by storm. You know, we. Uh, we didn't really expect it to be as big as it is. And I think one of the things that we've got going for us is that we're such good friends that I can just call him out. You know, as crazy as this sounds, Bruce is probably one of my three best friends on earth. And we talk every day and, you know, I know his whole family and he knows my whole family and blah, blah, blah. So, uh, that lends itself to me being comfortable and just calling him out. So even when he's done some shoot interviews with, the guys who I think are the best at it, kayfabe commentaries, Sean Oliver and Bruce get along fine, but Sean and Bruce don't have the relationship that we do where we can just cuss each other and that'd be okay. <laughs> and, um, you know, that lends itself to a more authentic conversation and it gives him a little bit of, uh, confidence that I'm not going to intentionally put him in a bad spot. He trusts me. Uh, and, and it's not going to be some sort of gotcha situation. But, yeah, you're exactly right. I think, you know, the, the idea that you've got somebody who was that high up and then you've got somebody who's just like everybody listening, a fan, I, I think I have a good idea of what people want to hear. And I put a lot of time and effort into preparing myself to ask the right questions. And then if I get a surprising answer, we pivot and kind of drill down and, uh, it, it's proven to be successful based on the numbers that we're getting so far. Absolutely, Neil. Uh, I know you've got some of the email questions there. Do you want to you want to hit Conrad with a couple of those? Yeah, um, we actually, uh, like I said, we advertise and uh, put out a uh, email address if you want to ask Conrad a question. And uh, uh, we did get uh, a ton of questions in here, so we did go through try to try to vet some of these questions. Uh, course for the amount of time that we have um i guess uh uh the first question i got is from a, from a gentleman named james uh he wants to know um what has been your favorite podcast episode uh to date that you've that you've done i'm i'm assuming, oh, I'm assuming he's, yeah i'm assuming he's probably looking at he didn't specifically put down a an exact podcast I don't know, maybe across the board. <laughs> well, I, I'm sure he's talking about Bruce's show. I mean, it's it's blown away everything else number-wise. You know, it's hard for me to say. I've enjoyed all of them. 
Um, but probably the TNA one was fun because I felt like Bruce was brutally honest and we were able to discover a lot of stuff that I don't think people had really heard before. And just from a, a comedy standpoint, and this probably makes me a bad person, uh, I got so tickled at the Sunny episode that that I mean I I don't know that I'll forget that anytime soon. It, it's it's a it's pretty sad in parts on the show, but um, that was phenomenal. And the Radicals episode I feel like was a roller coaster of emotions. You had highs and lows and laughter and anger and uh, you mean you were upset and laughing you know within minutes. So. Those three are probably my, my three favorites, TNA, Sonny, and the Radicals. All right. Um, Bruce, next... Bruce, doing, Bruce doing Vince saying, well, you quit pissing and shitting in the bucket. I had to pull my car over. <laughs> I was driving, and my eyes were watering from laughing so hard I had to pull over. That, that hands down one of the funniest questions he does. It's great. <laughs> those, uh, those impersonations, uh, to me, make that show. To hear him do – Vince McMahon is just hilarious, and uh, I actually, you know, he, he, um, you know, he screams in the in the thing, you know, God damn it, Bruce! I actually found a clip um, that I sent Gene once on on uh, on email that uh, with him saying something like that. Of course, we got a big kick out of it, but um, but yeah, I think those impersonations just make that show, and um, especially uh, also the Jerry Jarrett one because. Uh, I actually sit in a dressing room with Jerry Jarrett for about two and a half hours one night and, and listen to him constantly say, well, you know. <laughs> and I never, I guess I never really thought about it after that until it was brought up in that podcast. So um, the, def- the the impersonations are definitely a big part. Um, Absolutely. Uh, next question, yeah. The next, uh, next email I got is uh, actually from a female listener. Her name is Brittany. Uh, she says, I'm a huge fan of the Bruce Pritchard podcast, which is my favorite. Um, uh, the the uh, Ric Flair podcast and now the WCW podcast. Um, how has this changed your life? Um, how do you manage to run a business, uh, research, and produce all the podcasts? It has to take a lot of time. Uh, it does take a lot of time, but I usually do it after hours. Um, my only participation to the podcast during regular hours is, uh, you know, anything, any sort of Twitter interaction that I do. Uh, I do have a couple of guys who helped me with the research, and I didn't have that at first. The first several shows, we just completely winged, and then we got to the steroid episode, and then the Matt Hardy episode, and I didn't have all my timelines right, so I had to start doing some research. And then eventually I just developed a format and, and kind of a, a process for which I discover and and put together the formats for the shows. So I shared that with a couple of guys, uh, a guy named Chris and a guy named Tyson, and they both helped me now just compile all the data in a little bit of a timeline standpoint, and then I'll pour through it and shape it into a show. So they'll probably spend, you know, three to five hours researching, and then I will actually spend about three hours putting the format together for a two- or three-hour show just so I have a good idea of what all we want to get in there. And uh, I usually do that after hours. 
and on Bruce's show, we normally tape it on Wednesday or Thursday night. Uh, this past week, we taped it Thursday, and we clicked record about 10 p.m., uh, and then after I edited it up and we were finished, it was uploaded by 1-ish, uh, and then we taped Tony today. I woke up this morning and, and did about three hours of research getting it ready, and then we started taping at 10.30, and I was done by 1.00 and it was uploaded and finished. So uh, it, it's it's about three hours before I actually click record. So if it's a two-hour show, it's about a five-hour investment. We're doing two shows a week right now. So I put about 10 hours in, uh, and those are usually broken into two five-hour increments on whatever day we record. Wow, that's uh, cool. That is. That's, I've always known myself that had to take a lot of time, you know, just um, you know, putting putting our little show here together, you know, that's you know takes takes a couple of hours sometimes. So I, I knew it had to take a lot of hour, a lot of time, you know, especially with uh, all the research. Um, I guess it's an extra question uh, question stemming from that. Um, you know, with the fact that you, I mean, you you own a business. You know, do you have a lot of with the popularity of the podcast? Do you have a lot of people that will call the business and? trying to get through and talk to you about wrestling, has that become an issue? No, uh, and it's not an issue because I answer every email and I answer every tweet, and I push my email and Twitter you know, pretty regular. So I get lots and lots of direct messages and lots of emails, but I answer them all. Uh, I do occasionally get calls, but you know, maybe only three or four months. And I guess the weirdest thing about it is I started getting stuff in the mail. People would research where I worked and <laughs> just send it to my office. And so just last week I got uh, a box of CDs and T-shirts and stuff like that that was just uh, a thank you from a band who was a big fan. And the week before that I got this really nice leather-bound book of old WWF pictures from the early 80s and up to the mid-80s, I guess, from the Northeast. I mean, it was really really something pretty cool for any wrestling fan and i don't know these folks but they're appreciative of the show and just go out of their way to find me and get my address and drop it in the mail so that's a pleasant surprise well that is pretty awesome uh uh, it's actually a pretty good segue into the next email question i have um uh the next email question i've got is uh uh we've always heard about all the the parties and such at the conradison um and uh, you answered part of this earlier. It says, uh, do you collect wrestling memorabilia, and what is your favorite piece of memorabilia you have? I do. Um, I've got a pretty sizable collection of lots of sports memorabilia, but I do have a considerable amount of wrestling stuff, too. Um, You know, I've got some Ric Flair robes, and that's pretty cool. Um... I've got the Dusty Rhodes Midnight Rider outfit, which is pretty cool. Oh, I've wow. got uh, Dusty's Starcade 84 boots, which is kind of fun. Um, what else? Is, I've got a pair of Steiner Brother Michigan jackets, which is kind of cool. Nice. I've nice. got an old. I've I've got some old uh, some old ring used belts too. So I've got a decent little. I've got J.J. Dillon's Halliburton. That's kind of fun. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think if I've got anything else that's really interesting. 
but I've got uh, oh, I've got a Vince McMahon suit from his WrestleMania press conference with Donald Trump. Um, <laughs> Holy crap! <laughs> I've got an old I've got an old Ric Flair jacket that has uh, his name embroidered on the inside for Michaels of Kansas City, like he used to wear on TBS. I've got a pair of Arn Anderson's boots, a pair of J.J. Dillon's boots. Um, got a pair of Ultimate Warrior trunks. I've got uh, I've got a vest of Dusty's that's got blood on it from the 70s. It's a white leather vest with a red star. So yeah, I've got some interesting oh, wow, yeah. stuff. I've got the uh, <laughs> the ring that the Horseman presented to J.J. Dillon on TBS. Um, it's 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 to simulate a Rolex. So it's got like uh, a, a bezel style, uh, you know, framing up a diamond in the middle, and then it's kind of got like the Rolex President band on it. Uh, but they gave it to him, and it's on the uh, Horseman DVD as an extra. I forget what year it's from, maybe 1987. Uh, but he held on to that ring all those years, and then when I found out he had it, I thought, man, this is pretty cool. The Horseman pinky ring? I'm in. I've got some fun stuff. <laughs> wow, oh, man. You got to open up a museum over there. You're never allowed to call that a little collection again, by the way. <laughs> a little collection. Again. Oh, hey, here's something fun. Awesome. I forgot to mention this. I've got um, I've got Kevin Nash just gave me the Oz robe. So the robe that he oh, wore God. when he was in WCW is Oz, the giant green robe with the little stars and moon on it. He just gave that to me, which was pretty awesome. Wow. So I've got that too, which is kind of fun. Well, that is cool. The, um, isn't so this, the, the mask? Is it the mask on display, like in a bar somewhere or something? Like in Japan, that's store. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mask, the mask is in, is in uh, Osaka, Japan. Um, I think that's right. In a sports bar, and it's like displayed with like LEDs and lights and all that. And Kevin thought that was pretty cool, and uh, he knew that I was a collector and had some of this stuff, and just as a you know, hey man, I know you'll appreciate it. They hooked me up, so it's pretty cool. Super that cool. Awesome. That kind of segues into a question. I've got a few uh, questions that were sent to me on Facebook and uh, through my personal email. This is from uh, Matt and Wit. Shout out to them over in Tupelo. They're listening live right now. They were super excited about the show. They uh, they listen every week. The minute you guys drop. Uh, <laughs> the Bruce Fisher show and the Shivani show. Them guys are on it. So uh, I, I promised I'd ask them this question. So you've been a businessman and, and, and getting so involved in wrestling uh, in recent years. Have you ever considered promoting a wrestling show? No, I uh, I like for-profit businesses, man. And uh, <laughs> it is really, really hard to run a profitable wrestling show. You know, I only know of one guy who's ever done it with any – uh, continued success, and that's Vincent McMahon. So I'm going to stick to what I know, which is mortgages and podcasting. And uh, I do charge <laughs> for my mortgages, but my podcasts are free. So I'm going to stick <laughs> to just doing the free stuff. Would you uh, Would you ever consider doing like a uh, maybe a fan fest type thing type at Hustle? I mean, you've got you've got all this you know stuff you could display, and then you've got all these ends with all these legends. 
is that something that could possibly be more profitable in a wrestling, or is it pretty much just a losing venture anytime you try to, to make money on a wrestling? Well, I, you know, the thing is, I'd much rather, if I'm going to do something like that in the live event stuff, I'd rather just do live events for the podcast. You know, even that was something right. they had to convince me to do because I'm just like, wait a minute, help me understand now. Our guy, our customer is used to listening to this at their leisure in their own house or in their own car. And if they need to pause it, they can. If they need to rewind it, they can. If they need to split it up and listen to it over a few days at their own, you know, schedule and pace, they can. And we do that for them for free. But now we're saying get in an airplane and fly to see us and stand in line (laughs) and pay money and then sit or stand and pay, pay $8 for beer and we're going to do the exact same thing that you had before, except you can't pause it or rewind it, and you can't go back and listen to it and save it. It's a one and done. I thought, there's no way anybody is doing this. And then we sold our April 1st show out on January 24th, and I'm like, okay, well, maybe I was wrong. Um, so with that in mind, yeah, I think I would, shouldn't say I would, I am going to continue to pursue those opportunities but as far as doing a fan fest, I don't know that that is a profitable idea either. I'm a big fan of the NWA Legends Fan Fest that happens in Charlotte. I've, I've went for the last four or five years now, but it feels like the crowd is getting smaller every year, and that is yeah. a hotbed of wrestling, a much bigger town at Charlotte. You know, when the WWE comes to Huntsville, they struggle to sell 2,500 tickets. It's hard for me to imagine that you could have any significant traffic in Huntsville, which is one of the, if not the most, the second most expensive airport to fly in and out of in the United States. If you're going to do a fan fest, you would think you would need to do it somewhere in the Northeast or perhaps in Atlanta. But at this point, I think Florida's probably burned out. I hear that all the shows in Orlando are a really tough ticket to sell. That's evidenced by the way WrestleCon continues to add attractions they had Ric Flair, and it wasn't selling, so they added Sting, and it wasn't selling, so they added Jim Ross, and it wasn't selling, so they added the click, and now maybe it's selling, but it's like they're trying to pull out all the stops to try to move some tickets, and it's just a soft market, and if you can't pull it with those guys, I don't know that we'll be able to with Brother Love, Tony Schiavone, and the mortgage guy. <laughs> I and by the way, just for the record, I was considering a trip to Orlando just to see the live show. Had no interest in going to WrestleMania or anything because I'm I, I'm not a guy for big crowds. But I was considering a trip to Orlando just to hear the live show until I did hear it, uh, t- until I heard it sold out. Then I was like, well, I won't be going to Orlando. <laughs> well, so, yeah, you know, I should very, mention we're, we're gonna we're gonna do something. You know. Um, Live Nation's reached out, and they want to promote us for all of our different events, and they've apparently got buildings held. So we could pro- we could conceivably do something for SummerSlam in New York, and we could conceivably do something in Houston for Survivor Series and in Philadelphia for the Royal Rumble and in New Orleans next year for WrestleMania. And along the way, you know, we've got buddies in St. Louis and you know, a few other towns, Chicago, who are running pay-per-views right after WrestleMania, who are all about us doing a live show there. So there'll be other opportunities to see us for sure. 
Awesome. You guys will see our smiling mugs at one of them, if not New Orleans, possibly <laughs> possibly Houston, but <laughs> we'll, we'll make our way there. Now, I don't want to take up too much of your time. i got just a couple more questions here I want to I want to hit on that people sent me that I thought might be interesting to answer. Uh, Kevin emailed me and, and asked, uh, you have a WWF podcast, you have a WCW podcast. Has there been any plans of possibly adding an ECW podcast? And if so, who would be a likely candidate uh, to do that show with you? Bruce Pritchard and I wanted to start a podcast network with uh, our format just for all of the territories. And we put out preliminary feelers uh, for Dallas, Memphis, Florida, AWA, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, we had everything kind of lined up and, and that's not saying it won't happen. I still think it will happen. We know the, the format and the model work, but we've already got, you know, some preliminary commitments from stars and fans, super fans who are participate. But my go-to was to be Joey Styles with ECW and Joey's familiar with me. I know Joey and, and Joey knows Bruce. And we thought, Hey, this could be a good fit. We reached out to Joey and, the timing wasn't good. You know, Joey was fresh off of a bad wrestling experience and had kind of doubled down on real life, so to speak. And he was out of the office 14 hours a day and just didn't think he had time to do it. That doesn't mean that we would never consider doing it with somebody else. You know, on our short list of names, Tommy Dreamer and Bob Ray Dudley came to mind. But would either one of those guys, you know, be interested enough to do it? Maybe, maybe not. Can I make time to do a third one? Do we need to outsource that? Uh, what would that look like? We've got lots of different plans in mind, including you know, a second paid show, maybe a video component, maybe something with Bischoff. The, the, we're not done. We're just getting started. And by the second quarter of this year, I think there'll be even more content for people to enjoy on a near daily basis. Awesome. Now, you mentioned Sean Oliver early. Earlier, I wasn't going to put this question through, but since you are familiar with Sean Oliver and the kayfabe commentary uh, shooting reviews, I'm going to go ahead and push this, <laughs> put this question through. Here we go. Kyle, he wants to know, how big is Batista's dick? Ask your mother. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there was one other dick-related uh, question. Uh, this one comes... Uh, from Ace, this is, what are your thoughts on Joey Ryan and his dick-related antics? You know, I know Cornette and a few other people want to have an aneurysm about this, but I'm happy that the guy's found a niche for himself, and I'm happy that the guy's making a living in it. In the end, it's all entertainment. You know, tonight on TV, we saw uh, something that if WCW would have did it, it would have been ridiculous. I mean, all it was missing was the electric chair right in the middle. Uh, and, and, you know, then you, th- this is a world where James Ellsworth has an opportunity to be in, you know, main event matches against AJ Styles. So I, I don't have a problem with it at all. It's not necessarily for me. It's not something I'd want to take my kid to see. I'm not going to buy a shirt and support it or anything like that. But I'm happy that he seems to be a good guy and seems to be a hard worker. And he's able to use this to make a living in the business. More power to him. You know, anybody who can make a living in the business and not have to kill themselves in the process with, you know, four fifties into a flaming barbed wire table with alligators underneath, I'm all about it. Amen. Neil, you got anything else? No, I'm good. Uh, just, uh, like I said, just a big fan and uh, look forward to 
look forward to everything coming. Uh, looking forward to the uh, what happened when Monday uh, tomorrow. I'll uh, be looking for that to, to drop in the morning so I can listen to it on the way to work in the morning. So, um, Conrad, just appreciate uh, you coming on the show. Uh, appreciate um, uh, all the Twitter interactions. I, you probably, I don't know, you may get more more um, uh, tags from me and some of my friends here in North Mississippi than you probably do anywhere. But uh, we're all huge fans, and uh, just, uh, just appreciate your work. And, uh and uh, we'll continue to listen. Man, I really appreciate the opportunity to come on and, and talk about the shows, and I appreciate you guys putting us over. Uh, we're really working hard at it, and we're big about, you know, fan interaction. So any sort of suggestions or whatever, man, we'd love to hear it. The two shows are at Pritchard Show and at WHW Monday. Uh, we've got something pretty special tomorrow with Tony Schiavone. We taped it today, and, uh, this is Tony's first foray into professional wrestling since March of 2001. Outside of a one-off appearance with TNA, he hasn't really done anything in wrestling. He did the NWA Legends Fan Fest this past August, and he absolutely stole the show. And that's what encouraged me to reach out to him about doing the podcast, as I, I finally got a chance to see the real Tony Schiavone, and he's the Bob Saget of professional wrestling. He's super <laughs> funny, but super foul. And he entertained the hell out of me. And, and we're getting there now where we're starting to develop a little bit of a rhythm. And this week's episode, the one we taped today, I think is a perfect example of that. We cover stuff that nobody has ever really talked about. You know, there's been lots of rumor and innuendo about details of why um, the first Nitro was held in a mall. We examined that and connected dots on something I don't think anybody's ever really talked about before. And we're... I, I specifically am going to get some heat for. Uh, we also have the full story of the Vader-Paul Orndorff fight. You know, there's been what the torch said. There's been what the observer said. But this fight happened literally right in front of Tony Schiavone. And when Vader went down, he went down right in front of Tony Schiavone's feet. So the entire thing happened, uh, you know, inches from Tony Schiavone. And the way Bischoff found out is a phone call with Tony Schiavone. So... You get it straight from the horse's mouth, and that drops tomorrow at 6 a.m. Eastern, uh, 5 a.m. here in Alabama, our central time. It's WHW Monday on Twitter, or just subscribe online by using What Happened When, and it comes out Mondays at 6 a.m. Eastern. You're going to dig it. Uh, Lots of fun stuff in there, Uh, some fun interaction about Jim Barnett and maybe in a way that other people don't talk about Jim Barnett. So there's a little, there's a little bit of a tease for you for tomorrow morning. Awesome. Yeah, we didn't mean to not show that uh, the show, that podcast, Enough Love. I'm, I've heard the first two episodes. I'm loving it. Uh grew up on Tony Schiavone, and like you said, you you nailed it. It's like, like you say, it's like Bob Saget. It's your, it's your TV dad from when you were a kid, and now you're, you're finding out he's a dirty old man that, that's lusting after Deborah McMichael. And uh, and and then hearing the interactions in the background with his wife and everything, it's it's tremendous. It's, it's a great show. Well, I'm so. I'm happy to give you a heads up that his wife and Deborah are both involved in the new episode too. It doesn't seem like those gags are going to run out anytime soon. Uh, and as I said, he's he's getting more comfortable with it. And our poll is up right now at WHW Monday. We had lots of folks who said, "I've heard enough Goldberg. I've heard enough First Nitro. I've heard enough Sold Out." 
give me some old Crockett stuff. So the poll we have up right now is all Crockett stuff. Tony's first ever uh, job that he had with the Crockett Promotions family on the wrestling side was Starcade 83, Flair for the Gold. That's topic number one. We've got Black Saturday where Vince McMahon took over the Georgia Championship Wrestling TBS time slot and 84 as option number two. Uh, option three is kind of a big one too. Um, it's when UWF was purchased by Crockett and how that really changed everything that happened in 1987. Uh, and last and certainly not least, uh, the Clash of the Champions won for March of 88. It was counter-programming for WrestleMania four, which is kind of the way we started our conversation tonight. And in the main event, as we all remember, it was Sting and Ric Flair. So those are the four topics. It's a very much Crockett-themed poll. And next Monday, we will have something from the good old days of Jim Crockett Promotions. Awesome. Looking forward to it again. Conrad, thank you so much for coming on our little show and talking with us. It's been a blast. I knew it would be. And, uh, folks, if you want to hear about you want to hear these podcasts we've been talking about for the last hour, MLWRadio.com. You can go there. You can get all the past episodes and catch up with them as they come out. And if you want to save some money, you're probably in the right area. If you're listening to this podcast, you can go to onefmc.com for First Family Mortgage, and he can save you some money as well. Conrad, thank you so much, sir. Hey, I just want to tag on on that mortgage stuff. If you're on Twitter and you have a question about credit or income or loan qualification, even if I'm not licensed in your state, I'd still be more than happy to just be your friend in the mortgage business. I know a thing or two about a thing or two. I've been doing it 16 years. And I'd be happy just to help you out because we're all kind of in one big wrestling family, so to speak. And uh, you know somebody in the hobby now who's in that business. And if you have a question about, you know, credit or income or finances of any sort, I'd be more than happy to help with that. I'm at Hey Hey It's Conrad on Twitter. Awesome. Well, all right, Conrad, we're going to let you go. Appreciate it. Hope to talk to you again in the future. Maybe we'll run into you at, at WrestleCade or Greg Price's Fan Fest. And like I say, at the very least, we will be making our way to New Orleans and seeing something to wrestle with live. I look forward to seeing you in New Orleans, but I hope to see you at uh, the Legends Fan Fest in Charlotte. I'll be at the hotel bar. You know where to find me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you there, buddy. Take care. Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right, there he was, Conrad Thompson. Um, what a great guy, man. I mean, geez, I mean, you, you couldn't ask for a, for a nicer fellow, could you, could you say? Uh, absolutely not. I mean, you know, it's like, uh, you know, when we announced this last week, you know, it's not like uh, not like any of those guys need a need any kind of rub from Neil and Gene, you know. Uh, <laughs> pretty much uh, Conrad is podcast gold at this point, and, you know, uh, to take a few minutes, come on our show, um um, you know, is 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 this shows what a kind of character he is. He's super nice, and um, you know, the like I said, he's the hottest thing going right now. And you know, I'm a I'm a I'm almost a religious listener at this point because I like hearing all all the old stories. So, um, uh, so just uh, yeah, I was excited to hear from him. Excited to talk to him. That was uh, that was pretty cool. Absolutely, I. Uh... I download them every week and shut the door to my office and, and sit and listen to them. And people have to knock to come in. I get aggravated when they interrupt me and I have to pause it. So uh, they <laughs> they know when it's uh, Monday and Friday that uh, Gene's got his door shut. He's in there listening to that wrestling crap on his phone. So, <laughs> well, I have but, a, uh, I yeah, have like a you said, 
Yeah, ahead. I have an hour drive. I have an hour drive one way <laughs> to work every day, so I have plenty of time to go. listen to all this stuff. And yeah, it makes a time I just, pass. Yeah, but it's strictly because he's a good dude. Because I, like I say, I don't, I don't think that uh, the Conrad called Bruce Pritchard and went, "Hey, you know, we got two million downloads last month, but good news." We made it on Locals of Legends with Gene and Neil. We're about to blow this thing out. <laughs> now, granted, we have a we have a nice uh, share of listeners, and hopefully, uh, having Conrad on here tonight has won some more people over. Um, you know, and I appreciate everybody that has been listening. We do have some, like I say, regular fans that tune in every week, and we do appreciate that. We're just making a joke. We're definitely not diminishing uh, the following we do have. And uh, again, shout out to my brother Wit and his friend Matt that listen every week. Um, I promised I would uh, give them a shout out while while we had Conrad on the phone. They were they were super excited about that, so that's cool. And uh, speaking of uh, a following, uh, I think I think our listeners should be pretty excited about who we got coming up next week. Neil, who we got joining us next Sunday night at 10 p.m. right here live on Blog Talk Radio. Next week we have none other than. Uh... Mr. Personalities, uh, greater, Mr. Greater Than Great, Derek King himself will be joining us next week. Uh, we'll talk about all kinds of stuff. I know he's been a uh, a, a fun uh, guest in the past. We'll talk about uh, um, Derek supposedly. Now, he, he's going around and supposedly telling everybody this is going to be his last year in wrestling. And uh, I just I do not believe that whatsoever. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. We'll talk. Uh, I want to talk to him a little bit about OVW and some of that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, should be a lot of fun next week. Uh, we uh, may even take some call in uh, some calling questions next week if anybody has any any questions for Derek. So um, we uh, should be a great show next week with Derek King. One of our most fun call-ins years ago was when we had Derek on, and the guy called in, and <laughs> and he and he was going on and on about you remember me right from Dyersburg, and and Derek's like, oh yeah, yeah, I remember you, oh yeah, and this went on and on, and we finally get him off, and uh, I was like, tell the truth, Derek, you don't have no idea who the hell it is, and he just busts out laughing like, I hate you guys, I hate you guys, <laughs> <laughs> so. It's always fun to let Derek get blindsided by some random caller when he's on here. So we'll we'll definitely take a couple of calls and see if we can have some fun. But yeah, I've always Lord enjoyed uh, talking to Derek. And like you say, uh, as someone uh, who knows a thing or two about retirement tours, Neil Taylor, then you you know you probably know as well as anybody if he's full of shit about <laughs> he's on his retirement tour. Uh, but we'll talk to him about yeah. that. We'll talk to him about. Uh, I never did get to have him on the show to talk about his experience on the wrestling with death television show so we'll we'll hit on that a little bit and find out why it never came back uh for a for a second and, season and, and uh I, who knows what other fun stuff we'll do I, and i hope everybody understands i i've traveled a lot of miles with Derek king in a very short amount of time so uh you may even get to hear some old road stories next week um Involving some people that you may know, maybe even some people that dropped, uh, that lost the WWE title tonight <laughs> on pay per view. So uh, <laughs> definitely, definitely listen in. There's some crazy stories there, so it uh, should be a lot of fun. Now, real quick before we go, one of, one of uh, some people's at least uh, favorite segments of the show is our bad promo of the week. So I got one here that's been kind of sitting on hold for a few weeks that I come across that I find amusing because most of the stuff we've, we've played has been 
uh, old stuff from, from many years ago. And this is actually a Kalisto from when they did the brand split. They, they throw right after he gets drafted to SmackDown, they throw a live mic in his face and, uh, have a listen to, uh, you'll see why his, his, uh, forte is hot spots in the ring and, and not mic work per se. Kalisto, the last time you went at it alone, you became the United States champion. What can we expect from you on SmackDown Live? Well, hey, I'm here, like I said before, I'm here to shock the world. I'm ready. I'm ready to show my lucha art inside and outside the ring. But first of all, I can't stop thinking about Baron, Cor Baron Corbin being on SmackDown. <laughs> I get to have my revenge. Is that okay? Hey, like I said, I'm here to stay and make make a make a uh, a good good lucha lucha thing. Kalisto excited to be on SmackDown. I'm pretty sure he mumbled goddamned himself as he as he walked away there. So, uh, yeah, there's your bad promo belief, Kalisto. I don't think anybody knows that and he's not really Hispanic is the sad part of it. He's just uh just completely got bum fuzzled there with a with a live mic in front of him. So I don't know. I saw that one and thought it was fun and definitely thought it uh qualified for our bad promo of the week here. So if you uh, if you're a listener and you enjoy hearing that and you come across a YouTube video of a bad promo that you think uh would be fun for us to play on the show, you can email that link to me. I can rip the audio from it uh afterwards and play it on the show. So you can send it uh, to our email address at localstolegends at mail.com. And uh, who knows, we might play your clip on the show and we'll give you a shout out for being the one to send it to us. And we always appreciate any feedback we get from anybody. And uh, one, one of the many ways you can give us feedback, let's run down the list there, Neil. How can people get in touch with Gene and Neil here on Locals to Legends Wrestling Radio? Well, uh, localstolegends.com, of course. It's got all of the current shows. It's got shows in the archive, um, interviews that you've done with uh, some of the most legendary names in the business. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, LTL Wrestling Radio, uh, which we're trying to trying to get a little more uh, Twitter active and, and have been here in the last week or two, uh, especially with the Conrad show coming. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, at Neil Taylor Brand. Uh, you can also go to my website and uh, get some cool stuff on there for sale. Memphis, the Memphis Heat documentary, as well as um, uh, some some T-shirts and that kind of thing. So uh, make sure and check out NeilRealDealTaylor.com. Also, what have you got going on on your side, Gene? Well, you know, I've got my uh, my Twitter at Vince hates us all. I've at least gotten better at uh, retweeting and liking things and. Uh, eventually, I'll get around to actually tweeting some things myself, but at least you can tell I'm alive on there, so that's a start. Uh, and then, of course, <laughs> Facebook.com, king of all wrestling media. Add me on Facebook. Sometimes I, I put some interesting stuff on there, amusing at, at the very least, and I definitely plug all of our upcoming shows and things we've got going on there. So that's the best way. That's where I'm most active is Facebook.com slash king of all wrestling media. Uh, but you can also check out the YouTube channel, Cheap Heat TV. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff on there. As we mentioned last week, the Twin States wrestling matches are on there. Uh, all my crazy backstage interviews with guys like David Cox and Superstar Kenneth are on there. And um, I'm looking to add some new old-school wrestling. There's tons of old Memphis, Continental, stuff from Nashville, all kinds of old wrestling on there you can check out as well. So go check out YouTube.com slash TV. 
and uh, share it on Facebook so other people can like it as well. Uh, and you got any uh, got any shows coming up you want to plug? Uh, I hear rumor of something about you uh, having to be in a chicken suit. Is that true? Well, there's rumor of that. Um, actually, on the let's see, and I got to get this date right. On uh, the 25th of February, we're doing a uh, doing a show in Amory, Mississippi. OWO is hosting this show, uh, featuring uh, uh, DX member Billy Gunn. So that uh, that should be a lot of fun. Um, um, actually, uh, lost a match on the last show uh, that. Uh, and they're claiming that I'm gonna have to wear a chicken suit at this show, which I'm I'm not too fond of the idea, and I don't I don't know if they, exactly that's gonna happen. You'll have to show up to see. So, uh, the 25th, uh, 25th Amory, Mississippi, the East uh, East Amory Community Center, Billy Gunn, uh, should be a big show and a lot of fun. So uh, make sure if you're in the area, come check us out. If uh, if you're there, make sure to come by and uh, say hello to me. I usually always have. Uh, a couple of pieces of merchandise out, so uh, make sure and come uh, come say hello and uh, uh, let me know that you listen to the podcast. And if you miss the opportunity to go to NeilTheRealDealTaylor dot com and get your sweetheart a Memphis Heat DVD or a Neil Taylor T shirt, shame on you. You can still go order one and give it to them late after you give them the flowers and all that other stuff. But you should have been on the ball. You should have got it ahead of time. Just think of how happy they would have been. If they could have sat there in their Neil Taylor T-shirt and watched Memphis Heat, which is a tremendous documentary about something we all love, Memphis wrestling. Right, Neil? That's absolutely true. There are stories on there about Sputnik Monroe, uh, Mario Galento that tried to kill Jerry Lawler in a dressing room in Batesville, Mississippi. There's all kinds of cool stuff on uh, the Memphis Heat DVD, so uh, make sure and grab a copy of that. It's not something that's widely distributed. Um, I... Uh, one of the executive producers, a guy by the name of Ron Hall, is a good friend of mine. Um, so make sure and go and uh, pick up one of those DVDs. You'll enjoy it. Absolutely. Well, all right. Well, I guess uh, I guess we're going to call that a wrap for this week's show. Again, I enjoyed it. I hope everybody listening enjoyed it. Uh, what a great guest Conrad Thompson was, and we look forward to another great guest next week with our friend Derek King. And if, uh, if you're a wrestler or promoter and you're interested in being on the show, hit us up at our email, hit us up on Facebook, and we will try to see about possibly working you into the rotation. Uh, if you're a wrestling promoter or a wrestling fan or a wrestler and you have something that you would like to promote on the show and you would like to uh, be a sponsor of Locals to Legends Wrestling Radio, you can contact us at the same email address, Locals to Legends at mail.com and uh, we can do that for you we will plug your product your show your whatever it may be right here on locals to legends wrestling radio with all our live and uh, downloaded audience each and every week right here on blog talk radio and uh, neil as we go away tonight we have another special treat that i dedicate to our friend our announcer the one and only Jax rocks i know he's gonna love it Jax. Here you go, buddy. We'll see you all next week. Thanks for listening.
be jumps like a fucker in life This ain't no way to break the big kid I'm hard to nail Plus I keep a lot down Like I'm part of the jail Part of a sale Competition I got the whole lot wishing Make a problem like a vision But the competition For no place Did you walk out way I got my soul straight I brush your mouth like your game In any weather I'm never better in your court So I can never catch me in the next match But I'm in the eighth letter Hey, I took the whole class when you rap down, fuck the three seconds You know this Native American is proud of himself in many ways. One thing I'm proud of is knowing that drinking and driving do not mix. I travel many miles on many roads to come to the great cities to wrestle. Take it from me, if you drink and drive, you will not see my mix match. Thank you. 